Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and fabulous Sunday evening. And uh, that uh, was a little song by Crowder and called Prove It. I thought it was a good song and uh, something to to get you uh, moving in a grooving. <laughs> and uh, I thought uh, it might be something good to uh, uh, to, be, to listen to uh, when I start the stream a little bit early. And I uh, hope everybody has had a good day today and a blessed day. I uh, hope everybody got their nap in. I know I did. In fact, my uh, daughter was complaining that I was snoring too loud. <laughs> Can't help it. So I, I don't notice it. <laughs> So, but, uh, but anyway, uh, I hope everybody got their nap in all nonetheless, and, uh, let's go ahead and look at our opening scripture this evening. Let me get over here. We're going to look at Philippians 4, 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Philippians 4, 5. So praise God for that. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, see it, Jerry Keller's watching and uh, being prayer for Jerry. Uh, Joanne left a message and said that uh, he would had a bad night last night, so definitely keep him in prayer and uh, keep my mother-in-law, father-in-law in your prayers. Uh, they're on the mend, but I think uh, uh, my father-in-law is still struggling a little bit. Uh, but uh, considering what he lives with, that's not to be surprised. So. I'm just kidding, but uh, do keep them in your prayers. And uh, uh, let's see here, we got uh, from this morning. I grabbed a prayer list from this morning, and uh, yeah, be praying for Larry and Donna. Not uh, Donna's uh, having a rough time. I think Larry's. He told me he struggled a little bit being by himself, so be praying for them. And uh, be praying for Richard Haynes, Vicky Telefero, and. Uh, uh, again, Jerry Keller, uh, Doug Hanner, Larky and Nancy, and PK, and Paul Brooks, and Unspoken, Wendy Lee, and Kim Penix, be sure to pray for them, and Roger Winters, pray for him, uh, Fran, Eddie Green, uh, Miss Betty, bless her heart for those who are watching this morning, Dad's asked me to cut out on him a little bit, wasn't know what was going on, and uh, Miss Betty, she called once, well, I thought well, maybe she don't realize church has started, so I, I let it go, she called again. And then she called again, and then she called again. Well, I got concerned. I thought, well, you know, she lives by herself. She'd already failed once, so I thought, well, you know, maybe something, you know, maybe she's bad had happened, and she's trying to get a hold of somebody. So I handed the the phone to my wife, and Brandy's trying to get a hold of her. So she finally got through to her once, and she could just hear breathing. So that that freaked her out. So she'd already get in the car, go to her house, and finally got through to her. <laughs> Bless her heart, she. Uh, uh, she got a new computer, and somehow she hit something, and it just kept calling my phone over and over. So, so in case for those who were wondering what was going on, that's what happened. So it's just a, a computer a technical mishap there, but it, it scared me, it concerned me. I thought maybe something bad was going on. But, uh, of course, Miss Betty, Jack Mathis, uh, Murph, and Nora, and Johnny, and uh, her family, Verda, Brian, Pauline, and Margaret Unspoken. Uh, Skip Church on there, Jackie Bogus and Brenda Malone and uh, Jerry Bullard and Steve Constable uh, and uh, be praying for Joy Dance. Uh, she's struggling right now with, with COVID-related issues and uh, Michelle Fox, I call her Miss Mousy, be praying for her and uh, uh, Patsy Villani, her son Dean Hollyfield, she had on there and uh, her family and um, Mike Kim Hensley had our nation, the lost and several unspoken so be sure Keep those concerns. Try to see if there's any popped up while I was talking. Don't see any additional prayer concerns. But um, 
appreciate all you guys and gals watching though but uh um uh, robert said glad to hear it. miss betty's doing good so let's go ahead and go for the lord in prayer therefore our lord we just thank you and love you and praise you lord thank you so much for this day your grace and your mercy uh, lord we just praise your holy name and uh, lord so i do want to lift up these concerns lord thank you lord that miss betty was okay and that uh, there was nothing bad going on uh, Lord, I do want to continue to pray uh, for Ken Penix and Wendy Lee and Ginger Hood. I pray for Roger Winters. I pray for Fran Pear and her family. Please build Jerry Keller. Continue to heal him and lift him up to you, Lord Jesus, and uh, just heal him mildly. Again, let him get to feeling better. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you be Larry and Donna Knight. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you be Jane Kitchings. And, uh, Lord, so many of the uh, prayer requests, concerns, Verda Campbell's prayer requests, Mike Kim Hensley's. And, uh, uh, Lord, let your will be done in each and every situation. Be with this nation. Touch the hearts and minds before it's too late. And, Lord, uh, be with us. Lead us. God, and watch over us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But, uh, uh, oh goodness, Juanita White had on here, uh, shingles, so uh, oh, her sister, I'm sorry, I thought she said, I said, pray for her sister, she has shingles, just now seeing that, Juanita, I'm sorry about that, but, uh, we'll do me prayer, but, uh, yeah, I heard that's some bad stuff, fact that you said that, uh, Lightning Charlie comes out, uh, Charlie Real, that comes out and sings, uh, for us during when we have our Harvest Festival, uh, he had on a, he's, he's battling shingles, in fact, he's had to cancel several of his, uh, shows and stuff, and, uh, he's really, Struggling with that, I hope, pray, I don't want to get that ever, ever. Tell you, I don't know if it's probably as bad or worse than shingles as that shingles commercial that comes on. I hate and despise that commercial. I don't know how many people watch Fox News, but I, I hate that stupid commercial they have for shingles. So um, maybe they make it super irritable so you'll go out and get the shot. I'm, I'm, whenever I get the age or whatever age you can get it, I, I want to get it because I don't want that at all. But anyway, um, let's see here. As far as announcements go, oh, announcement I forgot to say, make, make this morning, Brandy got on me about. Um, I forgot to tell everybody there was a list out there if you need your tax information. There was a list out there in the foyer, which is too late now. It'll do any good, but uh, for um, uh, next uh, Sunday, if you need to write down your name to get your tax information, it's out there. And I completely forgot. I apologize. Um, Mr. Trailer's watching. Thanks, uh, Mr. Trailer's good to see you at church this morning. I didn't get a chance to talk to you. I'm glad you're able to make it to church this morning. Um, but, um, other than that, uh, just, you know, of course, I do the, uh, morning devotions each morning at 6.15, unless, you know, keep an eye on the Washington County School schedule. They're calling for snow in case they're out or delayed. Of course, then, then I'll be, uh, uh, an hour later than normal if that's the case. But, um, um. Then, of course, church online service uh, Wednesday evening at uh, 7 o'clock. So be sure to tune into that. Um, as far as I know, that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything that uh, um, that needs to be addressed to my knowledge, if there is. And just keep it on Facebook, and I'll post it there. So Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee here. Bernie makes some killer coffee for me this evening, and glad to have it. All right, uh, if you want to, uh, look in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. We'll just primarily focus on this one verse. A lot of good meat here, and it's directed towards husbands. I know we pick it on wives uh, in uh, our last session in our studies in 1 through 6, 
First uh, Peter 3, and uh, so tonight we get to pick it to husbands. So uh, uh, get your husband, drag him into the room, make him listen, and uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to get on on them tonight. And uh, hey, if it makes the husbands feel any better, reading the, studying this verse to, tonight uh, or for tonight rather uh, brought me under conviction and uh, shown me how I have slacked in a lot of ways as a husband myself and I have uh have, have not done what I'm supposed to so if that makes y'all feel any better I, I'm in the doghouse right there with you so but uh first Peter 3 7 let me get that up here so y'all can read along remember of course this is English Standard Version likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Again, this is First Peter 3, 7. Okay, now I know we just prayed, but hey, I think we should, uh, let's just go ahead and go for Lord in prayer before we dive into this study, and uh, I don't think we can have enough prayer. All right, so let us pray. Therefore, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us in this study. Help us in this teaching. Help us to understand. Uh, Lord, let us address those things that uh, we need to work on. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to uh, have a better understanding of your word. Help us to apply it and help us to use it for your glory. And Lord, uh, just let us be equipped and be edified. Most importantly, let us glorify you. Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, like I said, I, reading this, uh, this passage here, I have, uh, uh, failed my wife in, in a lot of ways, and, uh, and I regret that. And reading this passage, I'm gonna have to, to do a little better as a husband, that's for sure. Um, I've got to do better in how I, um, uh, treat her and, uh, uh, and how I respect her, because this has been a, um, a very convicting, uh, passage you know this morning that's what i one thing i was talking about the difference between condemnation and conviction and the holy spirit there is to convict particularly in certain areas that we need to work on and um, this is an area that uh, i do need to work on and uh, i uh, uh, lord really brought me under conviction big time uh, in this study uh, in the uh, in my study i come across a story that i thought was uh was interesting that's applicable to what we're talking about now hear me out before any uh ladies uh start uh pounding at the keyboard okay uh it was called uh, johnny lingo's eight cow wife okay now that title <laughs> don't sound too flattering all right but let me get to the to the to uh, what this is talking about here and uh let me just read it here. I hate to read to you, but I, I, thought, I thought it was really uh, goes along good with our passage here this morning, this morning, <laughs> this evening. Uh, it says Johnny Lingo's eight cow wife. Um, let's see, there's uh, a parable. Let's see, it took place in a primitive Pacific island where a man paid the dowry for his wife in cows. Two or three cows could buy a decent wife. Four or five, a very nice one. But Johnny Lingo had offered an unheard of eight cows for Sarita, 
a girl whom everyone in her home village thought rather plain-looking. The local folks all made fun of Johnny, who they thought was crazy to pay so much for a wife. But when the teller of the story finally sees Johnny Lingo's wife, she is stunned by her beauty. She asks him how this could be the same woman. How can she be so different? Johnny reply shows that he's nobody's fool. Do you ever think, he asks, what it must mean to a woman to know that her husband has settled on the lowest price for which she can be bought? And then later, when the, woman, when the women talk, they boast on what their husbands paid for them. One says four cows, another maybe six. How does she feel, the woman who was sold for one or two, this could not happen to my Sarita? Then you did this to make your wife happy. I wanted Sarita to be happy, yes, but I wanted more than that. You say she is different. This is true. Many things can change a woman. Things that happen inside, things that happen outside, but the thing that matters most is what she thinks about herself. In Kinewata, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Sarita believes she was worth nothing. Now she knows she is worth more than any other woman in the islands. Then you wanted, I wanted to marry Sarita, I loved her and no other woman, but I was close to understanding. But, he finished softly, I wanted an eight-cow wife. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, in other words, it is uh, he was showing that she was of great value uh, to him. And uh, the reason why I got kind of tickled, I just can't help but think about uh, Brandy when uh, I uh, uh, asked her dad if I could uh, marry her. And uh, I was I was nervous uh, always for obvious reasons. And I was down in his garage and uh, I said, Hoppy, I said, let me ask you something. I said, I would like to. Ask your daughter's hand in marriage and uh, ask her to, to marry me. And, of course, he was talking about something, and he just stopped, and he got real quiet, and he said, well, be good to her. He said, once she leaves, she ain't coming back. <laughs> and then he just went on and started talking about something else. Like, you know, so uh, uh, I don't know how many cows he would have required in hindsight, but uh, apparently uh, just the only thing he was concerned about her was her coming back to the house. So, uh that's why I was getting a little tickled in uh, in in uh, in reading that. But when we read that, uh, what we're what we're seeing is, of course, you know, you know, I've, I'm kind of being a little silly, but uh, the story itself is a is is a good story in the fact that he was showing that she was of great value, and she wanted uh, with her friends uh, to understand uh, that even with her friends, she could feel good about herself, and it was reflected that she felt so good about herself that. To them, in, uh, in that village, originally she was uh, really wasn't that attractive. But then, when people saw her afterwards, uh, she was just beautiful. She was radiating because her husband made her feel of value, and uh, and that's what we have to do uh, as husbands: is to show that value to our wives, uh, to let them know that they are loved, they are needed, they are appreciated. And sometimes it's easy to take that for granted, and uh, it's easy to uh, to get in your day-to-day -day lives it's easy to uh, uh to go in your own directions uh you know and, and it's, it's you know, a lot of men we don't communicate real well you know we, we're not good at expressing our feelings and you know a lot of times you talk to a guy they kind of just grunt at you you know and it frustrates women you know kind of like uh, uh tim allen on tool time you know, just, you know <laughs> that grunting thing uh and um but a lot of men 
they don't, uh, it's hard for them to express that emotion. It's hard for them to say, I love you. And they show that by working hard and providing for the family. And, that, and to them, that's how they're saying, I love you. But see, women need to hear the words, I love you. They need to hear, you look pretty. I like what you've done with your hair. You know, they, they, they need to hear those things. And, um, uh, uh, and a lot of men take that for granted. And particularly when you have kids. And uh, the man's used to being off working, and uh, uh, the woman's used to take care of home and children and trying to keep things together. Well, when the nest starts to... Speaking of children, that's mine walking through the door now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, when those children start leaving uh, the nest, well, a lot of times women, they want to they wanna go to you know, school or they want to go to work. They want to find some kind of fulfillment uh, in their lives that maybe they felt was maybe lacking or they didn't get to, to accomplish in raising their kids. And so while they're doing that, sometimes the men by that point are thinking, you know, they're no longer fighting fulfillment in their job. They're no longer happy. And now they're wanting to emotionally connect with their wife. Well, a lot of times the wives are no longer uh, wanting to connect emotionally, they're wanting to kind of, they've kind of went their own ways. It's kind of been a, a barrier, if you will. And, uh, my dad said, what about the women who wears a shirt? Wait a minute. Let's see. My dad just wrote me. He said, what about the women who wears a shirt that says, my husband got a 12 cal wife for three cows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, my friends, that was Dr. Vic Young that just said this. So uh, if you want to write him, go to P.O. Box 501. <laughs> so, oh, my poor father. But anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, uh, you know, it is, um, it's easy to, to, to have that wall. Sometimes it's hard to, uh, uh, these empty nesters to, uh, to finally, uh, to try to connect again. You know, they've kind of been their own, separate ways for so long there and sometimes a wall could be so big that uh, uh it, it can't be penetrated and a lot of times um, divorce rates can be at a all-time high in those kind of situations because they've kind of a lot of times the husband takes the wife for granted you know and that's not a good thing so paul here you know like i said we uh, kind of picked up the ladies a little bit in verses one through six but paul here is addressing husbands but it is a a um you know, particularly in um, um, Barclay's commentary, uh, he addressed this as a Christian ethic that can really apply to all people. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, specifically, he's looking at husbands here. So we look at this verse, uh, verse 7, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding, according to knowledge, uh, an understanding way. Okay, so a couple of things here. When we look at the word uh, likewise, all right, just from the very start, that very first word, likewise. Uh, we can look over here at uh, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 13. Okay, let's go over here and look, see what that says real quick. 2.13. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and finish reading this, but we're, let's, let's focus on that part there, on human institution. Whether it be the emperor as supreme, uh, or to the governor sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. I actually read 14. But anyway, we can see that, uh, that that likewise, all right, is talking about government institutions, talking about uh, whether it's government, occupational. We see that in three one. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. So even, even if some do not obey the word, they may be uh, uh, one. 
one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Uh, we see the government institution as marriage. Uh, we, again, we're seeing that here on 3.7. So just as that very first ver word there, likewise, we're, we're seeing this, is, you know, uh, I like what, uh, and again, this is coming from my father. He said uh, marriage is a great institution, but who wants to be institutionalized? So again, address all letters to 118 Julie Lane. <laughs> And uh, you can address that with him. So, but we are to respect uh, that institution of marriage, and uh, and men are to honor that, which is something else we'll get to in just a minute. But husbands, all right, uh, husbands live with your wives. Now, husbands, we can also look at over here uh, can apply to. Um, um, oh goodness, what verse was it here? Um, uh, verse 11, uh, 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 Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against the soul. So we look, again, we're looking at sojourners and exiles in regards to, to husbands. Live with your wives in an understanding, again, uh, and, and uh, according to knowledge, an understanding way, showing honor. Now, when you look at that word honor, okay, let's look at a couple more verses here on that. Um, uh, Juanita said he's on a roll tonight. Yeah, it's dad. It ain't me. <laughs> so <laughs> he's the mean one. But uh, uh, so uh, Darlene said, call him butter. He's on a roll. <laughs> so, but we're looking at verse. Okay, we're talking about um, uh, honor here. I know I'm getting a little silly tonight. I apologize. 217. All right, let's look at that. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. All right, so we see that, that again, showing that honor, showing that respect, okay? Uh, we can also look at, um, let's see here, uh, 2 Thessalonians 4, 4 through 5. Let me get over here and see here, make sure I'm on the, I, want to do, I write a lot of verses down, and sometimes I uh, uh, forget if it's the one I'm going with or not, so, well, got it marked if I can just get to it. There we go. All right, four, four through five, uh, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know uh, do not know God. So again, we see that in holiness and honor. All right. So again, we're seeing that, showing that honor. Um, let's see here. I think also First Peter one, fourteen and fifteen. Uh, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, uh, conduct, ignorance. So, um, again, in our conduct, showing that, that honor. I'm just kind of, we're trying to throw some verses out here in relation to what he's talking about here in regards to honor. All right. To the women as the weaker vessel. Now, we see that, uh, the, uh, the weaker vessel. Now, a lot of times women take great offense to that. That is not to be a derogatory uh, response. That's not to be, they're not putting women down by no stretch of imagination because we see that they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Okay, so they are joint heirs they, uh, with, with the God, with, uh, as, as we are as men. So we want to get to that here in just a minute. We've got a lot going on here. But we look at uh, this being the weaker vessel. Now, obviously, we there we are both vessels, male and female are vessels, uh, and that, that's why we see the weaker vessel. Okay, and we're not in reference to 
genitalia. I mean, that's not uh, why they're calling it uh, the weaker vessel, by no stretch of the imagination. That's not got nothing to do with it. In fact, if you want to look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I'll throw a lot of scripture at you here tonight, but you, we got to learn to use those Bibles, guys and gals. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, uh, but we have this treasure in jars or vessels of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That um, uh, our our bodies are wasting away, so to speak. So we're looking at physicality. We're looking at um, uh, the uh, uh, our, our the the generality of, of our physical makeup, our genetics. Okay, you know you have uh, we men have that Y chromosome, women XX, men XY, and uh, so genetically men are predominantly stronger. All right, I mean you look at. The Olympics, uh, you look at, um, uh, you have men's uh, games, you have women's games, uh, you look at uh, the um, NBA, the, you have the men who have their league, you have the women have their league, uh, you look at golf, you know, same difference, you have, you know, you have men with men and women with women, they're not going against each other. Now, sadly, you know, here's the thing that, that really gets me, genetically, we know, I mean, I'm talking about in general, genetically. Now, if I was to go up against some woman that's been training for the Olympics, yes, she's probably going to be stronger, faster <laughs> than I ever thought about. So, but I'm talking about in, in general. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the construction workers. I mean, what, like 3% are women, uh, 13% are, uh, are like police officers, 15% are in the military, you know. But, uh, but now here's the thing. Now you've got these, these men, these, these, uh, that are mentally and spiritually ill. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to be progressive. We're not supposed to judge kind of stuff. But we judge all things by God's word, right? And so uh, now we have these transgenders uh, who uh, now identify as women that are allowed to go into female sports. Well, guess what? Now they're dominating in female sports. Who would have thought? The same people who try to use logic with... Uh, uh, the uh, um, climate change, try to say it's science, are the very ones who throw science out the door to justify a man being a woman. And, uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't take a rocket scientist uh, to understand that uh, men are born different than women. I don't know how that is confusing in any way. Uh, in fact, I forgot um, what the dad hit on this in one of his articles. Uh, my mind went blank at the, what the disease is called, where even one of the kings thought uh, in the Bible thought he was a cow, you know, and uh, uh, it was a mental disorder. And this is a very much a mental and spiritual disorder, distorting what God has put in place when he created man and woman. And it's so sad to see that, and women should be outraged. Women should be absolutely outraged uh, that they're allowing these men in dressing rooms and in bathrooms and in sports. And it, it is a an attack on their femininity, and uh, it's uh, it's wrong. And I'm telling you right now, I am telling you, if I am out with my wife and daughter and some man tries to go into that bathroom, the only thing he's going to identify with is the floor. Because I'm just telling you right now, preacher or not, they ain't going in the bathroom with my wife and daughter. And I don't care who that upsets. I don't care who likes it or dislikes it. That's just going to be a fact. Because uh, that that's just that's baloney. That ain't going to happen. And uh, you're going to see when they open this door, 
this little Pandora's box they got here, you're going to see more rape. You're going to see more child molestation. It's going to have just, it's, it, you start monkeying around stuff like this. It, 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 it's a, a very nasty, slippery slope of where it's going to head. But anyway, that's what it is we're talking about here. And we call, talk about the weaker vessel in regards to, uh, Females, and like I said, it's not to say that they're weaker spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Uh, in general, uh, men are predominantly stronger physically. And like I said, now a lot of women out there kick my fanny. Not saying that they can't. <laughs> you know, my wife and daughter know how to kick my rear end. So you know, I'm not acting like uh, <laughs> that. Uh, that is that is not true there. So, but anyway, um, but we see that we need to honor them as the weaker vessel. All right, we are to uh, to esteem them. We are to uh, to to show that that leadership. We are to provide, uh, and when we show that honor, uh, that's what we need to do to be that head of that household. Uh, to do and show that respect to them, uh, to be those protectors. You know, it, it makes me it makes me wonder and worry about the future of our society that uh, men are sort of predominantly been the protectors, the providers for their wives. And you see, so and this is what I was sitting on Wednesday evening. The fact that we need more godly men out there, and so many effeminate boys, uh, you know, it just uh, makes you wonder. But then again, we have uh, a lot of. Uh, I'll let it go anyway. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to Ephesians five twenty three through twenty nine real quick here. I want to get myself in trouble if I ain't careful. Then. Be getting phone calls and messages, and then dad will be messaging me. What's the matter with you? Why don't you watch what you say? <laughs> uh, Ephesians five twenty three through twenty nine here, and this is uh, this is something uh, that I or twenty five through twenty nine. Uh, this is this is something I read uh, uh, to uh, when I do uh, premarital counseling. I read this passage. I said twenty five, twenty three. I don't know what's around me now. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and and is himself a savior. Not, I'm sorry, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Uh, When I read that there, um, uh, said that uh, uh, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. I was thinking about uh, a story I read, uh, Ironside. Uh, He said that a man that come up to him or, or young man come up to him talking about how much he loved his wife and uh said he treated her better than, than anything he could imagine and he expected ironside to uh, i guess give him praise uh for for what he's talking about he said but do you love her as much as christ loves the church he goes oh well no i don't i don't love her that much he said well then uh, go back and practice that and get that down then you'll be doing good you know so uh, you know again we, we read this here we need to make sure that we're showing that same love kindness and consideration the word loving we're showing that much love as christ loved the church again this is not a we're not putting women down remember that we're talking about a time period when uh, uh when arabs in particular would be riding on their donkey or or whatever and the wife would be trudging along beside of them we're talking about a time period remember when we was talking about in uh uh, our last study, uh, one through six, how women were treated so severely and horribly that uh, uh, men could have an affair, no big deal. But if if a woman had an affair and her husband, he could kill her. I mean, you know, he could divorce her 
for just going to a game without him or talking to a freed woman without him. He could divorce, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we're looking at a time when, when women weren't even allowed to worship uh, together with their husbands in the tabernacles. In fact, there was a, a lot of times a veil to separate the men and the women. And so we're talking about a, 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 when Christianity came along, it was revolutionary, and they were able to worship alongside the men. So we're, you know, we're, this God's words by no stretch of imagination putting women down. You know, it's not saying that the man is superior uh, to the women, but um, that the man is the head of the household here, and. Um, so, uh, see, we read here, see, Christ had the church's body as himself, Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ also, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So we see things here that, you know, we see that Christ is the Savior. Well, that shows, that can also um, show uh, for men to be, uh, as an example, it shows men to be that uh, uh, protector uh, of their home, to be that head of the church spiritually, uh, to uh, make sure that men are there for their wives emotionally, uh, intimately, uh, to, to, to sanctify her. I mean, you know, we're showing this, this honor. We're showing this, um, how men are to properly treat uh, their ladies, to treat their wives uh, respectfully and kindly. And as, as I was talking about, as an example of our side, to love them as Christ loved the church. And, uh, you know, when we um, uh, need to make sure that we're showing that uh, that understanding, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can show that understanding. And, you know, like I said, I, I have, uh, in, in doing this study, I have uh, failed uh, in a lot of ways. You know, I was talking about this morning, um, not feeling worthy and, 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 and feel, having that uh, condemnation. And, uh, and and I feel that I have failed my wife in a lot of ways. And I've been uh, hateful uh, instead of being understanding. I've been impatient when I should have showed patience. I, um, there's a lot of things here in this scripture that I... Uh, uh, Really should uh, that I should wish I had applied a long time ago, and uh, that I need to work a harder on applying from in, in the future. But um, and uh, uh, because even those vows, what God has put together, old men separate. And uh, you know, uh, if we're not careful, the old devil knows how to weasel in. He knows how to cause that division. He knows how to. And I tell you what, I think Facebook. I've told you this before is one of the worst. Areas that's caused more trouble for marriages because male and female like it's so easy to get talking to somebody, particularly an old friend, an old high school buddy, and, and it goes from an emotional affair to a physical affair. And I've seen, I have counseled, I have literally counseled couples, several couples that, um, and they didn't go to the church there. They, they come to me because they didn't want their pastor to know what was going on, so they don't even go to church there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But uh, is uh, uh, so you have to be on our guard, and you know, and uh, the old devil don't play fair, particularly when it comes to the fairs of the heart. That's for sure. But 
Peter says here, you know, particularly in understanding your wife, he's talking about uh, to live with your wife. You know, you may say, well, I got that down. I do live with my wife. I, you know, we're, I, I see her every day. We sleep in the same bed together. We eat together. You know, all that good stuff. And, and, and that is true. But, um, uh, but one thing we need to make sure that we are showing that understanding in the sense that uh, we are there for them emotionally. You know, guys, I, like I said, I know it's hard for a lot of men to say I love you. I know it's hard for a lot of men to show emotion. It's tough for a lot of men. You know, some men might not have had a, a loving father or might not have had a father at all, might have had an abusive father. And and so uh, uh, they're kind of closed off. They don't know how to uh, emotionally maybe be there for their wives and to demonstrate that understanding. Uh, and, um, and that's something some men have to really work hard on, but you're going to have to force yourself uh, to let your spouse know that you do love them and that you are there for them and that you care for them and that you are trying to, uh, you know, women as a whole, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, a lot of women, all women are different and trying to understand them. You know, got that book, was it women, men are from, uh, women are from Venus, men are from Mars, whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, uh, uh, to relate and understand one another sometimes. You know, it's like I sat at a, a little cartoon yesterday. He said, or maybe this morning, and said, uh, the wife was in front of him and said, uh, said, uh, you never talk to me. You, you're selfish. You never care about what I think. You never care about what I want. And, you, and, uh, and she said, well, you know, just going off on him and, uh, in the cartoon. And, uh, she said, what do you got to say? He said, you're standing in front of the TV. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's not a good thing. <laughs> You know, you need to make sure you're you're conversing with your wife. You're helping out around the house. You're not taking her for granted, and uh, not to live in your own little separate worlds. You know that you're praying together. That you you go to stores together. Which my wife has uh, she has mixed emotions when I go to the store with her because, uh, um, you know it uh, because I as I told you this morning I get uh, very angry very easily, particularly at Walmart. So. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, but but to know you're no, you're 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 dwelling together, uh, and, um, and 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 you want to make sure that you, um, uh, you're you're how can I get it out here? Um, that you're there for each other, okay, and uh, that um, uh, you have that knowledge. You understand what she likes, what she dislikes, what she uh, you know. Uh, you, you just have that connection. You know, it's so easy. That when you're, uh, uh, this heater, heater's on in here and it's burning me up. Um, you know, it's so easy when you're dating to want to have that connection, to want to know what she likes and what she don't like and what's her favorite color and all that stuff, you know. But then when you get married, you kind of have that disconnection. You kind of lose uh, uh, sight of, uh, uh, of what uh, each other's interests are. And uh, sometimes, and I've told people sometimes in, in counseling situations that, you know, maybe you need to get away. Maybe you just need to have just have a weekend to reconnect, uh, a weekend to uh, just of romance, if you will, to, uh, uh, to find the kids a babysitter and just go and just try to re- reconnect. Try to find ways to uh, to find those things that, uh, uh, that you know, kind of like your first date, you know, treat it like your first date, that you want to know what it is that... Uh, uh, 
like you're wanting to get to know that person for the first time. I get out here in a second here, but uh, you know, one one person you said every every husband needs to become an avid student of his wife. You need to know her personality, her likes and dislikes, her needs, her strengths, her weaknesses, her fears, her hopes, her joys. Such knowledge is a personal trust to be guarded with great care. And you should never bring up a vulnerable point as artillery in a disagreement. And, uh, you know, that is, um, in fact, uh, in Barclay's commentary, again, referencing back to that, is talking about a uh, famed author uh, who um, uh, his mother was uh, very uh, beautiful ladies so the world was uh, at her feet, but her husband was not attractive at all and uh, said that she was questioned one time, said, what is it that you saw in him? She said that uh, he was never mean to me, that he was always been kind to me, and that meant more to her than his outward appearance. So maybe that explains why you see so many pretty women with such ugly guys. I, I don't get it. But then again, maybe that's why everybody looks at me and Brandy weird that uh, she's pretty and, and, and I'm ugly. So, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, so we see that as a weaker vessel. Try to understand uh, accordance to that knowledge, to really know them, to understand them. And uh, uh, since they are heirs, with you of the grace of life, okay, so since they are heirs with you, all right, so let's let's look at that, that heirs, uh, we can look at, um, let's see here, First uh, Peter 1, 3 through 4, let's look over here real quick, we can flip the page over here, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven, kept in heaven for you. Uh, so, okay, so that ends out there. So, we need to um, understand. You know, again, we see that that that, well, that she's the women are the weaker vessel. We're both vessels. She's a weaker vessel. We're talking about. You know, in general terms, or generally the weaker physically. But we see here that as husband and wife, both men and women, for those who are born again, for those who know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, are joint heirs to the throne. All right? We are joint heirs. We, that's one thing I was talking about this morning is that once you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, we have that inheritance that we get to look forward to. And uh, uh, we get to inherit everything that Jesus uh, has, we get to inherit. So we see that they are heirs with you, so that we show them that same respect. We show them that same love. They are our equals. All right. So again, and we see that men are head of the of the wife. That is head of the wife spiritually. He is to lead. He is to lead. Uh, not only to have his family in church, to lead, to show his love for Christ, to lead by being seen reading his Bible, to lead by being in prayer, to lead to be there emotionally, you know, to to work to keep that family whole, to keep that family together, to, to demonstrate to his children how to treat uh, his wife. You know, that is a big responsibility uh, that is placed on men in particular in regards to being that example because Boys are going to mimic their dads on how to treat who they date or who they eventually marry based on what they witness on how you've treated your wife. And likewise, daughters are going to pick out men who are like their fathers. And if you are being nasty to your wife all the time, then 
that's they think that's their norm and it's it's not uh, beyond the scope of them seeking out a man who's going to treat them the same way and uh i've told my daughter i said uh, you know I, I know i'm not perfect and uh you know i i try to show my wife love and respect we pray together and we have our fights we have our arguments but i told her if any man ever ever puts his hands on her which is something i ain't ever done to her mother if he ever puts his hands on her or mean to her in any way i told her i said uh uh, just go ahead and plan on visiting me in jail because uh, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> because I'm going to go after my heart. But um, uh, but remember that that's that hard. That's that big responsibility that men have. You know that uh, I think a lot of men don't realize and uh, don't think about. You know when you if you're talking to your wife in a in a certain way and you got a little girl standing there watching, think about that. Is that how you want a man talking to your daughter? Is that how you want a man treating your daughter? So you've got to keep that in, in mind. That's a big responsibility. And uh, uh, little little ears and little eyes are always listening and watching. And uh, little urchins, how dare them? Anyway, <laughs> how dare them keep an eye close eye on us? But, uh, but we've got to uh, make sure we do that. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to think here. Um, Men that join heirs of you uh, of the grace of life. All right, talking about that grace of life. Now we look at that grace. Uh, we look at uh, one thirteen. Let me get over here at one thirteen. Um, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so again, talking about that grace, that revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, it's looking at grace. We look at chapter 4, verse 13. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So we see that in the 13 over here, that grace, we brought to you the revelation of Jesus Christ, and we see over here that, um, talking about Christ's sufferings, that you may rejoice and be glad in his glory that is revealed, showing that same grace, showing that same mercy that has been revealed to us through Jesus Christ and his atoning work on the cross. And we have to keep that in mind. Um, it is uh, uh, because, you know, we see all these things here. Uh, talking about we we discussed talking about likewise and how and we, we can relate that uh, to uh, those go- governing authorities or institutions if we will talking about government occupation marriage uh, talking about husbands as uh, sojourners and exiles talking about wives and and trying to understand and have that understanding uh, towards our wives showing that honor showing that respect uh, you know protecting them. Uh, providing for them, uh, for them as the weaker vessel, you know, so as the responsibility of a job. I know there's a lot of independent women out there and, and feminists out there. They don't like to hear that. In fact, uh, they say, I don't need no man, you know. Well, that's fine. Maybe you don't. Uh, but um, just like I shared on Facebook, uh, I think it was yesterday, it showed this woman as a little video. I said, it made me think of Brandy. I said, I don't need no man. I can do it myself. And she had this ladder and it got uh, she's trying to take it down, and it got wrapped around her head and her neck, and she went walk, falling backwards and tumbled down the uh, the hill there. <laughs> that made me think of something Brandy would do. But um, you know, it is uh, it's not uh, uh, taken away from um, uh, so much. It's not taken away from you as a, as a female, all right, uh, as a, as a woman. But understand, you know, you, you know, when you're showing that um, 
kind of, and I want to say the word arrogance of, of, well, I don't need a man, you know, I mean, but ask yourself, am I being submissive? And not to the fact that you are cowering to the man, but in the fact that just as we are showing humility and being selfless, all of us as Christians before Jesus Christ, we need to show that same selflessness between man and woman. You know, and uh, and whether it's a man or a woman, and remember, there's only two, man and woman, is, uh, you know, we need to be selfless and not have that arrogance, not to have that, um, uh, uh, we need to make sure we need to show that humility towards one another as we would show and demonstrate that Jesus Christ. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. Are you showing that same uh, kind of attitude, uh, that Christian attitude towards one another? And I think that, you know, because... The culture of society is uh, uh, will um, distort what God has ordained to put into place, and and as we see right now, I mean, look at the safety of marriage alone, how it's been attacked. We can see uh, the just the the attack on biological sex from the God of this world has distorted, has blinded, and 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 caused. All, and sometimes I think that. Uh, our nation, this world, makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like a picnic. I mean, I really do, as, as evil and vile as it has become. And, of course, those in the world, they just laugh at you when you talk about things like that. But anyway, showing that understanding to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you. All right, remember, showing that, that joint heirs uh, to the throne, where we're those who are saved of that grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, if you're showing that respect, you're showing that love, and you're demonstrating those attributes to your wife in a godly way, you know, I know men, we're not perfect. You know, we get things on our mind. We get upset. And sometimes, sadly, it's easy to take it out on your wife and your spouse. That's not right. We shouldn't do that. You know, a communication goes a long way. And again, a lot of men are, are they shut down. They don't want to talk, and it's hard to do. And, uh, and we need to communicate, you know. And it's not always easy to be rational, male or female, you know. It's not always easy to be rational, talk these things out that are bothering you, and, and try to have that open line of communication. But if you are not, all right, showing honor, if you're not uh, being the husbands that you're called to be, if you're not showing that respect, if you're not doing those things, guess what? Your prayers may be hindered. All right, God's not going to recognize uh, those 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 sinful actions. But if you are showing that understanding, if you're showing that honor, if you're showing those kind of attributes that God has uh, uh, has has told us to, to how to treat our wives, then our prayers may not be hindered. Now let's look at a few things here. Now we can look at um, let's see here. First uh, Peter four seven it says the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. All right, so being self-controlled, sober-minded. Uh, we can look at First um, uh, Peter three twelve. Uh, let's go on down here and look here. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. All right, again, you know, we're seeing how this kind of pulls together here in regards to being our prayers may not be hindered. Also, let's look at uh, Matthew uh, 18, 19. Get over here. Matthew 18, 19. Um, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Okay? 
So, uh, again, you know, we want to do those things that are glorifying. Now, uh, John Piper, uh, in my studies, he had uh, some things here that uh, I thought was good uh, in regards to this. Um, the, the number one, he says, sin obstructs our relation uh, to God. All right? So if we're being sin-filled, uh, we're not honoring our wives, we're not doing those things that are, are glorifying unto God, that sin will obstruct that relationship. And that's true. No matter what we're doing in life, whether it's marriage or not, if we're having, living a sin-filled life, uh, then that's going to obstruct and, and, and uh, interfere with our relationship with God. So we have to be very careful. Again, I know we're not perfect, but we have to strive. That's called spiritual growth. We have to continually be in that, that state of spiritual growth, striving to have that mind of Christ, to put off the old man, to, to uh, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and that we're striving to do those things that are right before God. So we don't we want to constantly be in prayer that we, do, we don't do anything to obstruct our relationship to God. Uh, sin obstructs our... Um, uh, our um, um, hold on here. Um, I might I'm sorry. Uh, it strikes our, our our time in prayer. I got here in a second here. My mind just went uh, went crazy there for a second. I don't know what's the matter with me. But uh, our time in prayer. All right. So we may want to make sure that sin doesn't get in the way of that. Um, and that uh, uh, a broken relationship is uh, is is is. Uh, uh, Makes it hard to kneel together. All right, I'll get here in a second. Sorry, I write so little <laughs> when I try to put this in here. But a broken relationship is hard to kneel together. Now, these are, these are three things that Piper had pointed out and I thought was relevant to not study. And, um, and if you have that broken relationship, if you are not, um, uh, you know, if your, your marriage is, uh, has been anything but, uh, uh Christ centered, uh, and is broken, it is going to be hard to nail together. It is going to be, a, you know, we need to make sure that we are spending that time in prayer together as husband and wife. That's one thing that me and Brandy do every single morning before she leaves for work. We always spend that time in prayer. Before uh, Madison leaves uh, for work, we always spend time in prayer together. It's imperative that, uh, you know, and I think the family that prays together stays together. I mean, I really do. I mean, you know, it's great for, for couples to have couples devotions and, uh, and and pray together. I think it's important. You know, you should do that. I encourage it. Uh, but don't forget that you need your personal uh, devotions and time alone with the Lord as well. But uh, uh, but you need to make sure, if you haven't already, husbands, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's something you don't like, Make sure that you're praying together with your wife, that you are staying cross-centered. If you, uh, if you're not being cross-centered individually, if you're not being cross-centered as a couple, and you're not putting Jesus first, and you're not, you know, being actively involved in church, I'm telling you right now, that marriage is not going to last. I don't, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just not going to work. And it, I have seen it. And in fact, I've seen it and it, it breaks my heart because, uh, I've seen several couples that uh, have asked me to officiate over their weddings, and I, I know several, I've talked my head right now, that are no longer together and divorced. And both of them, well, no, it's been more than two. No, I've been two. But both of them, I know particularly I'm thinking of, were, um, they were active in church, they were doing good, and after they got married, I noticed I saw them less and less and less and less until I didn't see them again in church. And I would call them and I would talk to them and I would uh, all but beg them, you know, hey, man, what's going on? You know, we, we miss you, you know. And uh, inevitably, they end up divorcing. 
And, you know, and it's, it's a little wonder why. You know, when you start allowing the world to influence your thinking and your 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 actions, and, and believe me, the, the devil don't play fair, guys. You know this. And when they when you start allowing the world to uh, infiltrate your heart and mind, uh, you know, no wonder these, these marriages go south. And um, now, you know, so it, it worries me, you know, and it, it makes me feel like um, – a failure as a pastor, and it makes me feel like a failure as one who officiated over these weddings when I see them when these marriages don't last. But it's not, you know, I can't put that blame on myself. It ain't my fault when they when they chose uh, to quit putting God first. That's that's not on me. That's on them, you know. And uh, so those who are married, those who are watching this um, this evening that uh, that are married. Uh, you need to make sure that you are putting Jesus first. And uh, uh, in particular in these last days, the old devil's running scared. The old devil is, uh, he wants to cause division. He wants to, to uh, and when it comes to those affairs of the heart, he wants to, to infiltrate that. And he will use that. Guys, if you're involved in pornography, and women too, hey, the rise of pornography among women is almost to that equal of men, uh, which is scary. Uh, that is, you're committing adultery on your spouse. All right. Whether you you may say, well, I'm not physically doing anything to, with anybody. It don't matter. You, it is in your heart. You are committing adultery. All right. You're lusting after another female, and so you need to really bring that before God in prayer. You know, I saw one thing I kind of hit on this morning in regards to uh, uh, that self condemnation, and the only way you can do that is suspending that uh, that long term time in prayer for God to help you to overcome that weak area of your life. And uh, so you need to make sure you're working on that because you're not respecting your wife if you're viewing these images uh, and uh, uh, of these. And, and, and remember, it's not real. All right. You know, it is uh, it's like it's like the, the siren song or the lotus leaves, if you will. It's, it's a distraction from the old devil uh, to attack the sanctity of, of marriage and to degrade women. And so, man, you got to get away from that. If you got to put parental blockers on your computers, uh, find an accountability partner uh, to seek counseling, whatever it takes. You know, make sure that you're 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 not involved in that garbage, and uh, and you're showing that respect to your wife. Remember, God's word is here to uplift women. It's not here to degrade them. It's not here to put them down. It's, we're here to uplift women, and, and, and this is what we're seeing here in Peter is a responsibility as men how to properly treat our wives. You know, there is uh, 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 times when me and Brandy's went on vacation and such, and one thing that Dad always told me is when you go on vacation, he said, you make it as fun as you can for your wife and for your kids, and don't argue, don't fight, and so I, I've always tried to keep that in mind. And uh, and just try to do things, even if I don't want to do it, I'll do it for the sake of them. And I don't know how many times Brandy says, uh, "Am I dying?" I'm like, "Why?" She goes, it "Just everything's just so great, everything's going so good, you know." And uh, so really, I need to treat every day like a vacation and uh, treat it like treat her uh, with that uh, with more kindness and respect, and not get so aggravated and impatient uh, like I do sometimes. Like I said, I got a lot of. You know, this this really hit home. This verse uh, it really hit home and brought me under conviction. There's a lot of areas of my, my marriage and my life I've got to work on as well. So I'm not going to sit here and act like that I am a picture-perfect husband. Trust me, I'm not. So i got a lot of areas I've got to work on as well. So men, uh, study this passage. Uh, try to uh, understand it and uh, digest it and, uh, and work harder 
on your marriage and uh, treat your wife as God would have you to. So let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, thank you for uh, our wives. And Lord, let us treat them with the respect that you have called us to. Uh, let us show that support. Let us be there for them mentally and emotionally. Uh, Lord, help us to be those providers and protectors. And Lord, let us uh, be there for them spiritually and be that head of the home as we're called to be. And Lord, for those watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead the God in which protect us. We meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, Lord willing, we'll see you all Wednesday night. So at 7 o'clock, well, I will see you. I'll be right here on uh, <laughs> online. Uh, and uh, But I will be here. You know what I mean. Uh, uh, virtual... Uh, online service only Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I don't know what's about me now. I can't think straight. Anyway, hope everybody has a great evening, a blessed evening. And, uh, and Lord willing, we'll uh, meet uh, in the morning at uh, 6.15 for our morning devotions. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for watching.